Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This is Elena. We have Justin on and we're super excited to have you back. And we are hopping into a new core value for the month. We're going into core value four since it's April, the fourth month of the year, which is so crazy. And our core value is lead through action and by example. So we are going to tie in our Q&A today into that core value for you uh, and bring you a, just a different spin on a question that has to correlate with that. Before we do that, I will let Justin say hello to everyone and then we will get started. Hello, everyone. How's it going? Hey, Elena, how are you today? I am doing well. I feel like we've had a couple of technical difficulties this morning, but we're going to hammer this episode out. That is grit and leading, continuing to lead through hardship. Yeah, no kidding. I agree with you 100%. And um, I think that everyone in the audience, I appreciate all of you guys and appreciate all of you listening in and the feedback. And I certainly, um, personally, I I appreciate some of the the feedback in order to better the podcast and stuff like that as well that I that I got. So it's important that uh, we start to to do some of that as well and integrate that. So thank you guys for the feedback. Uh, we'll try to integrate some of that. We'll try to move forward um, and make the podcast constantly better. So I appreciate that. Elena, I don't remember what the question was or if you already asked it, but if you haven't, um, let's get started. Absolutely. No, I haven't shared our question yet. Our question for today is how can you lead through action to promote teamwork amongst your team? That's a good question. So how do you lead with action to create teamwork as a leader? Is that what the question is, basically? So just promoting teamwork amongst those either in your business. Um, I know sometimes we try to relate this more to personal life, but in any way, how can you lead through action? Or maybe we could break it down into what actions people can take um, and make it a little more actionable for people listening in. 100%. The first thing I think when you're building a team, honestly, is what is the team accountable for? Um, Or if you're coming into a new team at work in that scenario, you know, there's, well, let's talk about this first. There's two ways to have a team. One is you build it on your own and two, you inherit one, most likely. That being said, when you're trying to to build that team or you inherit that team there were the members put in that team for whatever reason if it's a if it's business they probably matched a job description if it's sports 
they probably matched a criteria related to coaching or mentoring as, as well as knowledge about that sport. So there's all of those things that you have to be aware of. It's also what not only if you're creating a team or you inherit a team, not only what are those positions, but what are those positions collectively accountable for as well as individually accountable for? And what is the credibility that's been established in those jobs? So if are in those positions uh, on the team, if it's sports, I won't say jobs only, but the credibility comes from the creation of in the creating process. How do I put individuals with character into those job positions and how do i put or or positions on the team to create integrity in that job if you're a new team even in sports if you're a new team and you're starting from scratch or you're an expansion team you're going to have new individuals and new team and you're starting from scratch in that case How do you get them all to work together? What's the superpowers you're looking for? What's the core values you're looking for in the character of that person or moral and ethics to establish that job? If you're coming into a team that's already been established or you're in an organization that the HR helps pick who goes on to your team and you're it's not only your decision and they're helping weigh core values, they're helping weigh opinions, they're helping weigh your boss's opinion as well, so on and so forth. You're going to have to discover first, does the person meet the job that they're, they're doing? Do they have the character that meets the character and the credibility of the company and what that job is supposed to represent? in that company or in that business or in that community or on that team. And do they ultimately function on the team well enough to be, to, to complement the accountability that needs to go on to accomplish the tasks that are assigned to that team? If the individual can hold themselves accountable, they can show up to work on time. They don't miss a lot of days. Um, they're proactive in their pursuit of items, and new tasks and new skills and growth. And there's a lot of character in that individual. They're willing to admit mistakes, um, a lot of character, right? That adds a lot of integrity to a position it adds a lot of integrity to a team it sets a good benchmark for what that position should be or if you're building one what what it can be and what the standard's going to be moving forward so teamwork and leading through action um the first part is you have to know your plan what is it that I'm trying to do? What can these individuals do and how do they fit into my vision 
or my plan to move my organization forward, my team forward. If you look at sports, it's a little bit easier because you can actually see how each individual plays on a team. Soccer is my, more of my sport because it's more fluid. Um, there's not the transition of defense and offense, for example. And you only get three subs in a professional level or in college. And so you're, at least when I was playing, and so your level of um, ability to manage and cover and move for each other and deal with exhaustion and have 11 players on the field yet only be able to, you know, substitute three. It changes the way you look at things. It changes the way you look at a team, how they cover for each other, how they cover and move for each other, how a defender goes on attack and an offender may need to cover him. So there's things like that, that are very similar to what we're talking about here. So how do you build a team? You, you through action, have to then give them that accountability that leans on one another like a team would in sports through sports it's practice through sports it's in competition versus other teams but how do you do that in a business or in a community and how do you do that through action how do you give them practice how do you give your team tasks and skills that help to the accountability how do you set goals around that accountability you have to be willing to go into your business or go into your community or your job or whatever it is, no matter if you like the task or not, or if you think it's below you or not, you have to be able to excel at that position. And to excel at the, that position, no matter who you are, the first minute you get to lead or in a leadership, you actually have to lead with a little bit of inaction. And here's what I mean. It's not that I'm not being action-based. I'm just saying I almost have to put my hands in my pocket. Because when I start to move up in leadership, it's not that I, Justin Bizarro, don't go back to the warehouse and help out and pack boxes or go out there and teach new teams how to do things. Or if something's not going right, I don't micromanage a little bit to help go through cooler walkthroughs or, or prepare for SQF audits or organize a warehouse so we can do the accounting. So everyone understands what the standard should be. That would be where I jump into action. I jump in enough to set the standard. Then I train on the standard once sometimes two to three times most likely and then i start to pass it off with supervision and then that supervision gets distant and then i just ins expect inspect what i expect on a regular basis to make sure it's getting done and i retrain on it regularly even if i don't see an issue so that's how i do it in a in a team environment that's how i do it on a work environment um, it's uh, breaking it down into tasks, training everyone on the task, doing the task myself with them, alongside of them, definitely once, most likely two to three times, and then starting to let them do it themselves. And then as they get, and I spend more and more time with them doing it themselves, 
than distancing at all. <clears throat> so, like I said, if the person matches the character that you're looking for integrity of a position, they have the skill set that's pretty close to what you're looking for. You always want someone who's looking for upward mobility that's wanting to launch into that position or launch into that team. And that teamwork um, ability is important because if an individual doesn't have teamwork, how are they ever going to function on a team? And if they don't have teamwork, do they have the other core values that you feel are necessary to create a team member? So amongst it, I sometimes have to go do the things myself. I, sometimes the employees will not, the team members, as we call them, and grown strong FSP, and so on and so forth, better with bacon fat, Primora, all of our subsidiaries, they're team members because we're trying to get them to be part of a team. It's all, it's also in the mindset. It's also in that they hear it. It's also that we call it team lead. It's also that we call it, you know, they become a team member and a team lead before they ever become a supervisor. So we're starting to get team member and, you know, okay, I'm a team member and then I'm a team lead. So I'm actually taking on leadership and I'm part of a team. So it's those type of things that we're instilling into habits and into things like that. And it's no different. Like I have a tendency to use filler words because naturally I'm not a gifted speaker. It doesn't come to me naturally. I, I use filler words in my pauses as I'm thinking, not unintentionally, but sometimes I do. I'll catch myself doing it. If my mind is elsewhere and I come into a podcast, I'll use more filler words. So I train myself and I have people that have coached me on how not to use those words. Every once in a while, I let them slip. And then I get in a bad habit. And when I'm not focusing on that particular skill that I always have to work on, that I'm still building a habit in, even four years later of podcasting, I have to have a team member or a coach or someone, a team lead or a supervisor or someone that's listening in that knows that this is something I'm working on that reminds me of it. And if I don't have that transparency and I'm not willing to let them lead up and down through action in the chain of command or in the hierarchy, or as I said, team member to team lead to supervisor to manager to, you know, coordinator, so on and so forth, all the way up our organization to me, then I'm not, then I'm not doing my job then I don't have a well-flowing organization. I don't have the teamwork that I'm looking for because the communication is breaking down, not only between the teams themselves, but the team as a whole. And so that started with someone, a team member that made it all the way up to me. And it's like, you know, Justin, I heard you say this the other day when you were talking to us about something you really try to work on. It's a frustrating thing. It's just something that always pops up. It's a habit you form. You know, I noticed you were doing it the other day on the podcast again shit you know what he's right so um that's the type of thing i'm talking about but 
in the same thing. If you had that where you can have that all the way up to you and you have that comfortability and you're able to give that critical information so someone grows. So I'm out here representing the company and, and doing a better job and growing and showing growth myself when I preach it and admitting my mistakes. Then what kind of leader am I going to be? What kind of teams am I going to build? What kind of integrity are those teams going to have? What kind of character are those teams going to have? And what kind of team members are those teams going to have? It's a really, really deep question. And based on, you know, leading with action, you know, there's the people that think leading is actually going in and doing it ourselves and always going in and doing it and being there right beside them in the trenches or on the field. But you can't lead if you don't take a step back and you don't take in the whole picture. And you can't become a team lead or a supervisor to you can somewhat, at least in food, to break it down to its most point in food. We literally physically handle things with their hands. When someone starts being able to put their hands in their pocket a little bit after, after they've taught something, get people and start to coach and get people to move efficiently together based off of what they learn, you now have a supervisor probably even a manager if they develop it on their own you didn't have to coach them but you should be coaching them so leading through action it's modeling it you want to create the you don't want to be afraid to get your hands dirty and jump in and fix a problem or or help in a time of need especially if you're short-staffed but you've got to set the example and you have to set the example in a lot of ways. Like I said, I have to be vulnerable enough to admit that I use these awful filler words. If they're not curse words, there's something else, right? So how do I deal with that? You know, how we do one thing is how we do everything. So how do we lead through action? every step we take or everything we do is is getting towards that it's showtime every time and showtime every time is that you're part of a team and the team works together to put on the best show possible to deliver the best client expectations and ultimately so those clients deliver or if it's our direct to consumer business internally um, that our consumers or our clients consumers um, get the best product and experience possible and we've really had the hard knocks early on, believe me, to get to where we are now, to be doing the amount of fulfillment we are now with Grown Strong, for example, or the amount of volume we're now doing in food across the country. Not all of our clients, you know, our name is Food Service Partners. Um, not all of our clients always have been partners or team members or teammates. You know, and over the years, some have come and gone and we grow in different ways. It's part of our business when we do hospital contracts and long-term care homes. But what I'm always doing with the team and how I'm always leading for action is I'm always making sure there's some level of uncomfort. And it's always about breadcrumbs, not slices of bread. And they'll hear me say this and it's true. 
you give too much, you only do it every two years or every three years, and you only give inflation stuff every year, you're not really doing anything, you're not being competitive. You got to give people real goals, real results that they can breadcrumb their way to success and start building the habits. The breadcrumbs are the habits. Throwing a, a slice of bread here and there doesn't give them the loaf of bread or create the habits of the loaf of bread. You can crumb your way to a loaf of bread way faster than you can slice your way to one. I know it seems illogical, but trust me, the efficiency, the lessons you learn by going breadcrumb by breadcrumb versus slice by slice for yourself, for your teams, for your team members, it's way more, way more. Is it more to manage? Sure. Is the results way more? Yes. Has FSP always done that? No. We have not. That's something we should have done and, and could have done, and we just didn't. It didn't. We didn't have the ability or the knowledge to, to do that. And when we also deal with unions and everything else, you know, we, we didn't deal with it in that way. We dealt with the traditional union negotiation instead of thinking outside the box, probably. I don't know anything's possible. I probably just committed us to something. But all I'm saying is there's way to incentivize. There's ways where even if you're dealing with a union where all of a sudden you don't get to a union negotiation years down the road and all of a sudden you need to do a $5 increase across the board because gas and COVID and all that. Saying that happened to us is an example didn't happen to me, but it happened to other companies. Yes, we've had hikes because of COVID, major ones that our clients are not covering all of right now. And as a good partner, food service partners has taken that on to try to help gap that for them, probably way more than we should have because COVID is now at its two-year mark. And even though we've already all forgot about it, what it did to food, we will still be paying the cost of for a long time. So every action I do is to not only build the team members to do their job, to make sure they're building the character, integrity, and the positions that they can work together on a team to accomplish the accountability of their teams, but the team as a whole, all of the companies as a whole, and the vision for all those companies. So is that different than we've done the last 24 years? Yeah. How long did we start it? Four years ago. It generally started to change over time always, and we've always improved and we've always done things. Well, we just haven't done things to these leaps and bounds that we've been doing and seeing the results that we have. But the problem with the change that we are doing, and if you're in an existing organization who's going to to a more team-based environment and a more aggressive approach to the world and attacking problems and, and going after opportunities as well as creating your own opportunities, it sometimes makes clients or consumers or friends or families uncomfortable. You're changing as a human, you're being less selfish. You're creating more team-based, which ultimately you get the massive amount of benefits on if you're the leading that team. But the, the power, the will, the intelligence, the ability to solve problems, the ability to see it from multiple angles, angles is way better as a team than it is as an individual. And I don't care how smart you think you are. 
you're not smarter than a team. Just not. It's not possible. And if you don't have teams upon teams upon teams stacked on each other, probably no more than five to eight people big, including the leader. I would even argue four to six is better. You're not getting communication from team to team. You're not breaking down the leads into enough micro pieces where they have enough ability to lead and move problems forward. And you're not lean enough in your operation or lean enough in your business and the way you're moving information. And we can do computers and have software and systems that get us through it. But ultimately, it's got to be the humans and it's got to be teamwork from human to human, from team to team from department to department, from function to function, from company to company, from vendor to company, from whatever, consumer to company, and all vice versa. Again, feedback is part of it though. And if you don't have humility and you don't have the ability to be vulnerable and authentic as we've talked about in the previous core values. It makes it very hard to be a leader of a team because you're going to have to be more vulnerable than whatever number of people you lead always. You're going to have to empathize with everyone. And you're going to have to find a place where you're hard sometimes and you're soft. And by hard, I don't mean yelling at someone, but hard is holding a fine line, holding what are the rules? What are my expectations? What are the core values we live by? What are the morals and ethics? What are, what's the character of this company or team or whatever community or family? And then the soft side is, is how much am I willing to, how much do I give to that human so they can live, you know, have a quality of life. Um, Make sure that they're not under a lot of mental stress at home where work is not mentally stressful, but it's, it's always pushing their mental toughness. So home is easier and work is easier. How do we do that? Teams do it all the time. Sports teams. So what are your thoughts, Elena? I agree. I think it's just interesting to hear just some of the actionable ways that leaders can, you know, not only lead by example, but also look for, you know, those qualities in members of their team. I think you shared a lot about that, which isn't what I necessarily expected from this episode, but, you know, it was nice to hear about different ways you can encourage people and team members to really take ownership and accountability and you know, looking at what does this person have responsibility for within the team? What are their, you know, responsibilities and measurable results from their actions and whatever they're in charge of? I thought that was really interesting and a good way that you can not only lead by example, but equip those around you to continue leading, you know, down the line through everybody in the, in the company. And I got to tell you, team members and leading with character and integrity of the positions and the core values we spend a lot of time on. Um, It's also, we've read a book, or I think it might be in the book list now, I can't remember, about the 
um, 13 things mentally tough people don't do, or I believe it's something like that. Like there's 13 things there that are pretty strong core values to also that I, that we have around our facilities as well. We have our core values and we, we display those just because it makes it a little more on the team member level as an individual where the core values are individualistic for the whole. And so we try to build both. And that's because the the character of the human and the integrity of the human also matter in creating the integrity and the character of their position and their team and all the teams and the, the organization. Each person plays a part in the experience the client gets. So, or consumer. So you want them involved and you want transparency and you want the ability for that organization or teams or however you want to look at it to raise up issues, raise up those who are doing well, raise up individuals you know one of the things in some ways we do very well at food service partners and always have is raise up individuals and and move them up and train them for a better future or another company or whatever it looks like or those who have loyal we help them get awards or support what they do in the community um, or their interests or whatever we can there's a lot of things like that that build teamwork as well. When people see that, they want to be around for a long time. And, and those that are loyal and want to be around a long time um, that function well as team members lead are really good examples, especially in the long term of what it takes to be part of a team. Not all teams have captains. Not all teams, you know, not every member on a team is a captain, excuse me. Not every member of a team is a goalie. So not every member plays every position in some cases, but all the positions cover each other and that's teamwork. So the first thing you need to do, I think, is you need to cover for your team when they need it. You need to lead by that example and that action. You need to be willing to lead by example on the soft side too, like be a little more flexible in the time off or the time and then also be a little more hard when you have a deadline or you're running late. I know, hey, Sally, you know, I know you leave every day at, at five o'clock and we're really good. But today, you know, we really need to hit this deadline. And if we don't stay till 630, we're not going to hit the deadline. I'm sorry. That's hard. I know it's inconvenient. I know you probably have plans, but today we need to stay till 630. That's OK. And I think there's a lot of people that successfully do that. I think there's a lot of people that miss deadlines or make excuses and don't hit deadlines because they're not willing to have those harder conversations. And that's the type of hardness I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, again, getting angry or yelling. I'm talking about hard as being firm, sticking to what we need to do, making sure we hit the goals, making sure an employee is not hurting another employee or team members hurting another team member. Those are the type of hard conversations I'm talking about, making sure that we're soft enough to deal with the humanity and the animals and the plants or whatever the business we're in. But the hardness to make sure 
that we're firm enough that no one's taking advantage of or exploiting other members of the teams. Because if the teams are going to have integrity, you're going to have to lead through action and by example, by eliminating anyone who eats away at that integrity. And when your teams start functioning well and you move people around in positions, even though they don't know why you're doing it, or you're moving your team member responsibilities around to shake things up, you often can shake out who's the team members and who's never going to be a team member. <clears throat> and right there, you obviously identify your problem. So thank you, everyone, for listening in. I appreciate you guys. I don't know what Elena, if Elena has anything to say on, on that as well, but I really do appreciate you guys listening in as I'm losing my voice here. So I'll get it in now. <laughs> Definitely. And we greatly appreciate everyone who takes the time to play our episodes, to download and subscribe, but also to leave ratings and reviews. So if you are able to leave us a rating or review, wherever you listen to the podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. It also helps us to know the different types of episodes and the types of content that you enjoy seeing and listening to. And we would love to get to know you as well over on social media. You can follow us at Centurion Leadership Battalion. And besides that, Justin, hope your voice feels better. Thank you for sharing all of that with us today. And we look forward to having you all back on our next episode. Thank you, everyone.